0: Hello and welcome to this Idaho Reports Web Extra. This year, we at Idaho Public Television, along with debate organizers nationwide, saw a number of candidates decline to participate in debates or fail to respond to our invitations in the first place. As Federal Election Commission rules say we cannot hold the debate with just one candidate, we're allowing those who did qualify for the debates a chance to sit down with us for a one-on-one interview in which they can answer questions much like they would have received in a traditional debate setting. Republican Julie Ellsworth is running for her second term as Idaho State Treasurer. Her opponent, Democrat Deborah Silver, declined our invitation to debate. Treasurer Ellsworth, thank you so much for taking the time to join yeah. us today. Uh, first of all, why are you seeking re-election?
1: I, I love my job. I love being the State Treasurer. The Treasurer's office is essentially the counts, the accounts receivable for the state, so all the money, it comes into Idaho, whether it's through federal or local or um, um, to state government, through the state treasury. And, and it's really an opportunity to manage it well and elevate the communities out here in Idaho. I love the job, I love working with Idahoans, and I, I'm thrilled with how the Constitution got that you need to separate the treasury from the, the entity that spends the money. People often ask me, why do you need a treasurer and a controller the treasurer is the accounts receivable the controller is the accounts payable so he pays the che- the bills but we check and balance each other constantly as a matter of fact we i balance he balance and we you know there cannot be a discrepancy i commend our founding fathers for seeing the great need for that division of power Should this be a partisan elected position,
0: though, if you're dealing with those checks and and with the money?
1: I believe that it needs to be grounded in the Constitution, and and a constitutional race is partisan. But the significance of having it in the Constitution is that I answer to every Idahoan. It is not, you know, Another constitutional officer, you know, listening to their will. These constitutional officers have very specific duties, and, and it's really nice to know that there is a division of power so that other influences can't come in with big opinions and, and meddle with it.
0: You mentioned billions of dollars come through mm-hmm. your office. Why should Idahoans trust you with this role?
1: I have had a track record of success. I first thing I did when I um, entered four years ago was I created a, essentially a bubble chart showing the, the um, accountability for our dollars. You know, I want to see the Constitution says it should be done this way. Um, then we have legislative laws. We have committees that oversee it. We have different um, paid professionals that that evaluate the different funds in the state. I have been successful in creating an accountability for the management of these dollars, and I I feel like that w- I am in a position that I can work closely with local units of government in the future to elevate the Idaho Bond Bank Authority's ability to lift communities. It's. Um, and since I've been in, um, the state has received a AAA credit rating and I, when I first started I established that the bond rating agencies would call into our state and speak to lawmakers and different policy makers so that they knew what it took to have good policies that increase your credit rating. And I, I've done a good job and I want to continue.
0: For Idahoans who don't understand the role of that bond rating and, and how important it is, can you explain that to them?
1: Yes, the Idaho bond rating, essentially everything in government in, in the state of Idaho, if, if your local school district has, or well, a local sewer district is bonding for an, an improvement, you know, they're just a little bond. It would be very expensive for them to sell that on the market. But by taking several local little bonds, entities that have bonding authority under Idaho law, you know, and combining those together, that's what the bond bank does. We can combine it, create a larger product, sell it on the market, and then you get this, you get a better rate of return. Now they're gonna rate that based on what the credit rating of the state is. And so it goes down from there, anything anybody does, even if we combine bonds or you have your little bond, it's going to be rated how many degrees away from the credit of the state. So that credit rating boils down to taxpayer dollars. And as an example, we refinance a, a lot of debt. You know, I'm about, I, a taxpayer is a taxpayer. Property taxpayers with local property tax debt, if we refinance it and bring down the cost of that debt, a community like Jerome could save, they saved I believe $1.3 million in in interest savings. That goes right to the taxpayer and it's because of a good credit rating in the state which helps everything down down from there.
0: Switching gears a little bit, over the past year you've spoken out against ESG or environmental social mm-hmm. governance um, and, and your concerns about that affecting the state. Uh, what role Do you see the treasurer playing in uh,
1: addressing this? And and this isn't specific to Idaho, but a nationwide conversation that's going on. Nationwide, okay, environmental social governance is I believe a very arbitrary non-democratic way for entities to come in and influence a rating policy of the state by throwing in different criteria that has not been accepted by Congress or anything. Just random what are those criteria. And and that is the, the the question. You know, we can never get it written down but but this all started with me as a state treasurer about a year and a half ago when the treasurer from West Virginia, <coughs> Riley Moore, called me and he said, Julie, they're shutting down my state. We can't get financing for our industries because we're, we're affiliated with oil and gas and mining, and they've just the banks have just decided not to finance. Okay, How, who decided not to finance? You look at financials, you know? You look at the, what, where did this decision come from? And that was the question about a year and a half ago, and, and he said, will you join me in pushing back to these banks? Um, we're customers, we want to bank with you and why are you boycotting us? You know. So I joined Riley Moore um, about a year and a half ago. There was 15 of us treasurers, state treasurers. There are now 27 state financial officers that have joined together and said, okay, these arbitrary terms that are canceling out industries, um, we find them undemocratic. We're looking for people to bank with. We have among us about three trillion dollars that we manage, and and stop canceling us, and that began the the effort that has been quite um, it's it's been quite a lot of um, activity. And I've been working with Senator Crapo and making sure that these arbitrary. Um, requirements, literally it's very difficult to get anything in writing. And how does an industry gauge what they are to do if you can't even know by which standard you're being canceled on? I, I, uh, a state treasurer is looking to bank with people. We're a customer. And so I'm. we're saying as state treasurers, we want to bank with you, bank with us, don't cancel our industries. Don't the
0: lenders have a right, though, to mitigate their risk management in any way they might see fit?
1: That's always been part of the equation. It's called a material risk within any analysis of, of lending money. That has been baked into it. The problem we have is what, for example, Standard & Poor's is trying to do. They want to say, again, you've always had risk analysis in all of this financial decision. So for it to be said now, well, what, you're anti-environ, no, the environmental um, EPA standards and, and qualifications have always been baked in to financial decisions. What they want to do is they want to take this big matrix of what has been t- baked in for um, investments and, and financing and they want to pull out just certain ones and say these on the side we're gonna look at too. My opinion is, okay, if we're gonna start pulling out little things on the side to look at in our reports, why don't we pull out that the state of Idaho pays off their debt early? You know, let's have that be a side report card and, and put that up against everybody else. This particular, effort, this particular effort with Standard & Poor's, you might remember um, the, our entire leadership team in Idaho signed to a letter to push back on that effort where they're taking this, again, We have always baked in material information with environmental issues or any of these issues that they're trying to put to the side when you discuss debt matters. It is wrong to make a separate report card. And so we're pushing back.
0: One last topic, you had a high profile fight with the legislature Mm -hmm. or as high profile as a treasurer gets, a fight with the legislature regarding office space in the Capitol building after lawmakers filed suit to evict you from Mm -hmm. where your office had been. Um, It went in front of the Idaho Supreme Court. Was that dispute, did that dispute put you in a bad place to work with lawmakers in the future?
1: I've not, not really. I've had a very successful um, working terms with them. As a matter of fact, last session, Senate Bill 1405 was my bill, co-sponsored by um, a senator and a House member. And I think that any time in in government, there are are multiple issues. And it just shows that, you know, you are never, you know, (laughs) unanimous on all things. But I have, I have really enjoyed working with legislators and and I don't think that has.
0: Was it worth the cost to the taxpayers for the lawsuit that both the legislature and your office spent?
1: The taxpayer the, the issue on this was that, you know, are we going to grow government? Are we going to create a full time legislator? This is a legislature by creating, you know, this this space that is We currently have space used by legislators for three months out of the year. The office space that I had used for 120 years was full-time. If you create space that really can be used full-time, the concern was there'd be a full-time legislature and I was laughed out when I was pushing back on that, but then we have reason to be concerned about it. Was it worth it? The office, um, it cost money to defend it. However, it's cost over 10 million dollars now that they're going to rip the space apart there there is going to be an increase in the growth of government the the legislative branch increased i believe 27% one year 35% the next year to for more staffing more it i think it was it's always worth it to try and stop the growth of government
0: you mentioned concerns about a full-time legislature are you going to vote yes on SJR 102, the constitutional amendment that would allow the legislature to call itself back into session?
1: I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I haven't dug into it a lot. But I do believe that that by reading the Constitution, you can tell that there was always a belief that the legislature would be part-time. I've served 12 years in the legislature. I see there's so much merit to go out into Idaho and be part of Idaho because that is how you get the perspective. That is what has kept Idaho vibrant. You know, we have the perspective of real people living real lives everywhere across the state. As a constitutional officer, I travel the whole state. The regions are very different from each other, but very meritorious, you know? And and I would hate to see that flavor get condensed down to just a um, Boise-type feeling.
0: Treasurer Julie Ellsworth, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.